Turn with me, if you will, to Luke chapter 10 and verse 13. Luke chapter 10 and verse 13. Let's begin by reading this scripture. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the miracles were done in you, had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? No, you will go down to hell. Whoever listens to you listens to me. Whoever rejects you rejects me. And whoever rejects me rejects the one who sent me. The 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He said to them, I watched Satan fall from heaven like a lightning flash. Look, I have given you the authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing will ever harm you. However, don't rejoice that the spirits will submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. In that same hour, he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, because this was your good pleasure. All things have been entrusted to me by my Father. <coughs> no one knows who the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son desires to reveal him. Then turning to his disciples, he said privately, The eyes that see the things you see are blessed. For I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see the things that you see, yet didn't see them. To hear the things that you hear, but didn't hear them. When I was a little boy, we had a, a babysitter that used to watch us from time to time. Her name was Miss Walker. Not Betty Walker, but Miss Walker. And uh, she was a, just a sweet, kind lady. And there was just something about her that was magnetic. And, and I didn't really... I wasn't old enough, and I didn't know Christ, so I didn't really understand where it was coming from. But uh, one thing that, that I look back as I think about Miss Walker was just the sense of joy that she had in her spirit. Uh, she just had a calmness and a sense of joy and a, and a quick smile uh, as she cared for us, and it stood out to me. And I didn't know what it was as a kid. I just knew that, hey, I like Miss Walker. We used to request my parents could miss walker keep us you know we just really liked her and so um uh she had the joy of the lord you know i think each of us as god's people need to learn how uh to walk in the joy of the lord and if you know how to continue to walk in his joy and, and to take take that as a as a, a step that you take in life uh because it's the mark that we walk with god uh, as, we, as we have his joy, it tells the world that there's something different. And it's not something that you just manufacture. It's not something that's fake or, you know, like uh, putting a big smile on your face all the time and never uh, acting like anything's wrong. It's not that, but it's an inner joy that just gives you strength in those times of difficulty in your life uh, and is a blessing to your soul. And it will be a blessing to others. I think as others see that within us, they see it and they say, there's something different about that person, and that's something that I want. 
when you go through a trial and you have the joy of Jesus, it, it shows to other people, and, and it's, it shows that there's something different about you. Um, I love the story about Peter and John in the, in the Scripture, and it, they were standing before the Sanhedrin in their boldness, and the Sanhedrin said, hey, wait, they took note. They, these are Galileans, they're unschooled, ordinary men, and yet we, they took note that they had been with Jesus. There's something different about these guys. We're not really sure what it is, but there's something, there's the mark of the supernatural upon their lives. And so Jesus is, is still, he's giving them instruction about going out on this mission to, to kind of prepare the way for Jesus to go. And uh, he's, he's giving them instruction, and now uh, he's kind of wrapping up that instruction by alluding to uh, this, this curse uh, on Chorazin and Bethsaida and, um, and Capernaum. Uh, because they rejected Jesus' message. This is the place where the, five, the feeding of the 5,000 took place, in this region where these cities were. Uh, they'd seen some amazing works of God, and yet they had not opened their hearts up toward Christ to receive what he had given to them. They had rejected Jesus' message. And so Jesus goes on and he says to the disciples, those who reject you reject me. And so and he's, he's encouraging them in their mission. And then uh, the Bible doesn't really describe their mission. It skips right to the place where they return. And so they return and they're psyched out. They're excited that uh, they, in Jesus' name, the demons have to obey them. You know, they're, hey, you know, Philip, did you see that big one we cast out? You know, that's, uh, they, they, they were excited. I mean, they were, they were pumped. And they come to Jesus and, and Jesus says, uh, well, that's great, and, and it's true that you have this authority in, in Jesus' name to do this. But he said, I want you to understand, that's not what you should be focusing on. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And then Jesus breaks into this prayer, rejoicing himself, and uh, begins to say, Lord, I thank you for uh, revealing these things to babes and, and these other things that he says. And, and Jesus worships God and rejoices. And then he says to the disciples, listen, I want you to understand something. You're hearing things that people in the past long to hear. Kings. I wonder kind of if he's talking about King David, uh, maybe Abraham or uh, uh, Moses or one of these, these great Old Testament saints. He says, hey, they didn't hear all this stuff. This is stuff that you get to hear as the new covenant people of God. Uh, the, the kingdom of God has come and you're in a new uh, time period, and you, as you hear this teaching, as you hear the words of God, you're hearing things that have never been heard before, and you are privileged beyond measure. And so he encourages them to rejoice, to rejoice, to, to take that uh, step of the will to, to take joy in God. So we need to rejoice in the Lord and uh, just respond to him uh, with that attitude and the circumstances of our life. The title of my message is Remembering to Rejoice. Why should we rejoice? We should rejoice for several reasons. First of all, we should rejoice because God uses us. We should rejoice because God uses us. Look at verse 16. <coughs> Whoever listens to you listens to me. Whoever rejects you rejects me, and whoever rejects me rejects the one who sent me. What is Jesus saying to them? 
He's saying, you, as you share my message, I'm sharing through you. The Father is sharing through you, and you are being used in a profound way to impact people with the message of the truth. I don't know if you ever thought about that, but when you, as God's child, take the Word of God, and, and you begin to describe to somebody how they can come to Christ, or you begin to encourage another Christian, or maybe even to confront someone in love, uh, and you speak the truth of God's Word to them, Jesus is speaking through you. The Father is speaking through you. Uh, and people are, are given the decision to choose death or to choose life. Uh, Paul says, who's equal to these things? Uh, you know, it's, in one sense, it's overwhelming, but in another sense, it's amazing that God would use us to be his mouthpiece. Uh, have, you ever, have you ever thought about ambassadors and what they do and, and how they go and bring a message? Uh, an ambassador is looked at as an important person, right? They speak for the uh, President of the United States and then for the, for the government of the United States in a very important position. You and I speak for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That is a huge privilege. We need to rejoice because God uses us. Why should God use me? Why should God use you? The Bible says that we don't deserve even His grace and yet God still chooses to use us. I love what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15. He, he says, he's talking about the apostles and who Jesus, the 500 that Jesus appeared to. And then he says, and last of all, he appeared to me as one I've normally born. And he said, I'm the least of the apostles. And I don't even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Aren't you grateful for the grace of God? Aren't you grateful that God uses sinners? He uses imperfect people. Uh, and uh, he says, I'm going to gift you. I'm going to use you to make a difference. I'm going to let you be a part of the supernatural work and plan of Almighty God. That's reason to rejoice. And I remember before I came to Christ, um, just having a sense of not having a purpose in life. Um, and it was, it was real to me. And when I came to Christ, it was like I had a purpose for living. And I know, you know, you might say, well, preacher, you know, why are you worried about a purpose? Well, I was. And I know I was young, but that, that was on my heart. What's my purpose for living? And when I came to Christ, I had a purpose to tell people about Jesus Christ. To minister to the body of Christ in whatever way I could. Uh, and and what, a, what a privilege. I'm on the king's business. There's, I don't care who you are. As a child of God, you are a son or daughter of the Most High God. And you are on a mission from him in this world. When you go into that workplace or when you go into that, that place where you uh, practice your hobby and, and you're trying to shine your light for Jesus, people may not receive you that well. That's okay. They didn't receive Jesus well sometimes either. But you're a mouthpiece for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That's a huge, awesome privilege. And one day God's going to reward us for it. If it wasn't enough that he let us serve him, he's actually going to reward us for the things that we do for him. It's an amazing thing. 
So rejoice because God uses you. He uses me. Praise God. Um, and if, if, if he's not using one or the other of us, it seems that way. Pray for that person, you know, that God will use them. <laughs> but every Christian, as we open ourselves up to be used by God and, and share his word with others, we're, we are being used. I love um, what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit, that he, as we speak, he speaks. We're, we're in cooperation with the mighty work of the Spirit of God. That's reason to rejoice. Thank God for it. Thank God for being able to serve him. You know, uh, the nominating committee comes around, well, I don't, you know. Uh, no, don't do that. Say, hey, I have the privilege, honor to serve Jesus Christ. Where do I sign up? And that that ought to be our heart. Now I realize God may have you direct you into one area or another, and you need to pray about that. But, but, but have an eagerness to serve God. There's no greater privilege in this life than to serve the King of Kings. Rejoice that God uses you. Secondly, rejoice because God remembers us. He uses us. He remembers us. Look at verse twenty. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Can I tell you, when I was 11 years old, and I surrendered my heart to Jesus Christ, and I trusted in him to forgive me, to save my soul and give me a place in heaven, the Bible says that my name forevermore is written in the Lamb's book of life. And can I tell you, that won't change. It's eternal life. And it, eternal life begins at the moment you come to know Christ, according to John 17, 3, and lasts for all eternity. Jesus said, no man can pluck them out of my hand. Jesus remembers me. He remembers you. You put your trust in Jesus Christ. And someday, uh, when we stand before God, uh, those who, who don't know Christ, when they're judged, he'll say, depart from me, I never knew you. But for those who've trusted Christ, their names are written in the Lamb's book of life, and forevermore, their position is secure. Jesus remembers me. Hallelujah. <laughs> I, I didn't earn it, I don't deserve it. The blood of Jesus Christ was shed for me on Calvary. My sin has been paid for, paid in full. Uh, My my record that was against me, the handwriting that was against me, has been blotted out of God's book. All that stuff I've done in the past, the devil tries to remind me of, wiped out of God's book forever. Isn't that wonderful? Uh, Praise God. He remembers me. Listen. You can, you can get away from God at times. And yes, God will discipline you. If you're a child of God, he'll discipline you. But you cannot be taken out of his hand. Is that not a wonderful thing? Je- Jesus will remember us. God remembers us. Uh, he says, rejoice. That, yes, I know it's cool that you can cast out demons. I know that. I know that the power of God is an amazing thing. And we were singing about that this morning, weren't we? I know that you see God answer prayer, and it's just amazing, and you want to talk about it. But he said, you ought to be excited more than anything else by this fact, that Jesus Christ has saved your soul. 
you ought to never get over it. You ought to never forget the grace that God has extended to you and the fact that because of what Jesus has done, your eternal salvation is secure. Hallelujah. Thank God for him. Praise it. Praise him for the great gift of eternal life that he's given us. And share it with others. Uh, So, uh, why should we rejoice? First of all, God uses us. Secondly, God remembers us. And third, God blesses us. Look at verse 21. Jesus is praying in the Holy Spirit. It's a prayer led by the Spirit. He says, I praise you, Father, the Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things. What things? The things uh, of the truth of God's word from the wise and learned and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, because it was your good pleasure. All things have been entrusted to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, and to anyone the Son desires to reveal him. Then he says uh, in verse 23, then turning to his disciples, he said privately, the eyes that see the things you see are blessed. For I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see these things and yet didn't see them, to hear the things that you hear, yet didn't hear them. God blesses us. He says, you've hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to babes. You say, well, I don't know if I like the hidden part. Well, you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that God responded to those who rejected him over and over and over and over again with a hardening of their hearts. And, um, and that's one of the things that we need to realize when we listen to the word of God, when we, we listen to the gospel for a person who's lost. Uh, don't take that lightly. As the spirit of God deals with your heart, don't take that lightly. Because um, when you become hard-hearted toward the things of God, there is a, a, a hiding of God's truth and a, uh, be, because God says, okay, you don't want it, that's okay, I, I will cease working with you. And the Bible says that no one can come to Christ unless the Spirit draws him. So um, we, we've got to take that seriously. But, but here's the flip side of it, that God reveals his truth to babes. What was, why is he talking about babes? Listen. You do not have to have a Ph.D. to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You don't have to have money. You don't have to live on a certain side of the tracks. You don't have to be from a certain part of the country or from a certain part of the world. When God reveals his truth to you and makes it clear, he gives you the truth of the gospel, and you're able to respond to it. That's a huge blessing. Did you know... That had not God taken the initiative to reveal himself, we would have been in hopeless shape. We couldn't have have comprehended him. We couldn't have understood the problem of our sin and how to deal with it. But God, in his mercy and his grace and his goodness, gave us the truth of Scripture. And then he sent his son. I love that verse in Hebrews 1 where he says, uh, in the former days, we heard from the prophets and the different people, but in these last days, God has spoken to us in his Son. The greatest revelation that ever took place was when Jesus Christ 
put on human flesh and came to live here with us as a baby boy. And the Bible says in John 1, we beheld his glory full of grace and truth as of the only begotten from the Father. I want, to, I want you to know something. Jesus Christ reveals who the Father is. You want to see what God is like? Look at the life of Jesus. Read the Gospels. See how Jesus responded to people. See how Jesus um, prayed for people. See how Jesus healed people. See how Jesus responded to, to the prayers and the pleas of people. See, you see the heart and the character of God as you see Jesus. He has revealed himself. I thank God that uh, when I was 10 years old, I was in church. You, you heard about the, the fellow that said he had a drug problem when he was a child. His parents drug him to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And uh, uh, that's a good thing. I, I, I tell you, I hear people sometimes say, well, you know, I'm not going to make my kids do that. I'm not going to. Gonna, I'm going to let them make up their own mind. That is, that's not smart. We're to, to raise our kids in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Well, my, my parents had me there in church. Praise God for that. And they, because they had me there, I was able to hear the message of God's gospel. And the Holy Spirit of God touched my heart. Can I tell you something? My life's never been the same since I gave my heart to Christ. What a tremendous change he brought in me. And, and what a blessing. Praise God. for. Listen, you ought to rejoice because God has given us his truth. People out in the world are so confused. I heard somebody talking about the, uh, the self-help is the biggest section in the bookstore. You know, they, all these people with self-help books. And uh, nothing wrong with self-help books, but can I tell you? The greatest self-help book that has ever been written is right here. The Word of God that He's given to us. It tells us about human beings, mankind. It, it tells us about God and how to have a relationship with Him. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. And because of God's revealed truth, we can experience His abundant life. I want to tell you. Because of God's revelation, I can learn how to walk in the power of the Spirit of God. I can have victory over sin. Because of the revealed truth of God's Word, I can be conformed to God's righteousness over time. I want you to know, I, I can have a hope. We are talking about in, in the uh, uh, discipleship training class just a little bit, bit ago, we were talking about the hope that we have in Jesus. Can I tell you, because of God's revealed truth, I know that one day the trumpet's going to sound. The dead in Christ are going to rise. And if I'm still living and walking around, I'm going to be caught up there with them, and I'm going to be gloriously changed in the twinkling of an eye, and I'll be with Jesus forever. No sorrow, no crying, no pain forever. That's my hope. How do I know that? God revealed the truth in his word. How do we know that we have victory over the evil one? That we have authority in Jesus' name? Because the Bible tells us so. How do we know God loves us and forgives sinners? Hallelujah. The Bible tells us so. Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. I want you to know, Jesus Christ 
reveals his truth to us. That's a reason to rejoice. Um, the Jewish children, when they were trained in the Torah, um, would, would have this, this plate with honey on it. And as they begin to study the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, uh, their, their instructor would tell them, lick the honey. You know, hopefully they didn't reuse those plates. But uh, uh, yeah, lick the honey. And they said, because the word of God is sweet to our taste. And they were taught through that very powerful illustration about the preciousness of the word of God. I want you to know something. People have attacked the Word of God. They have despised the Word of God. They have dismissed the Word of God. But can I tell you, God's Word is still changing lives today. That's because Jesus is living. He's alive. Uh, the, the power of His Word is real. So praise God. Thank Him. And then be in the Word, right? We've got this great blessing. Don't let it collect dust on a shelf, right? Be in the Word. Let God, ask God to open your understanding, the Holy Spirit to speak to you as you read His Word, and then uh, come with a, an obedient heart to follow His Word, and God will bring blessing to your life through His Word. Rejoice. Thank God. Praise God. Uh, for, and this is why we do this, why we rejoice. God uses us, God remembers us, and God blesses us. How do you rejoice? Well, first of all, you need to be a child of God. Because this type of rejoicing is not rejoicing that just anybody can choose to do. It's supernatural rejoicing. And so you need to be a child of God. You need to receive the forgiveness that Christ purchased for you by dying for your sin on the cross and being raised from the dead. And uh, you need to uh, choose to turn from your sin and receive that gift of salvation. Also... Once you're a child of God, you need to keep your sins confessed. Because uh, joy is one of the fruits of the Spirit. And if you are walking in sin, you keep the Spirit at arm's length. Now, He's there. He's present within you. But, but it's kind of like having a fight with your spouse. He's at a distance. There's, even though you're maybe in the same room, there's a distance, right? Um, and so you have to keep that sin confessed. What does confession mean? I just agree with God. Lord, I, can, I confess, I admit that I sinned when I fill in the blank. Just agreeing with God about your sin. And ask God to change your heart uh, so that you can have a right heart toward Him. Uh, that's step number one. Uh, then uh, ask the Holy Spirit to fill you and live through you and, and rejoice through you. Ask Him to empower you to do this. Uh, sometimes I will say, Lord, I choose to do this, and then, then I realize I'm not, I'm not there. I, you know, I can't, can't do it in my own strength. And, I, and then other times I just skip that step altogether and just go straight to it, and I say, Holy Spirit, do this through me. <laughs> because you can't live a life of rejoicing without Him. Now, once the Holy Spirit is filling you, and you're under His control, you're surrendered to Him, uh, then you choose. You choose to live rejoicing. And two things that, that have helped me with this. One thing is to choose to be thankful. You say, well, how can you choose to be thankful? You, you pray prayers of thanksgiving as an act of the will. You know what I found? Uh, I was going through a really difficult time uh, in my last church. And um, 
I, one day I just got tired of it, just being, being distraught about it all the time. I thought, you know what? I'm not going to let the devil steal my joy. And I began to just take, just say, Lord, I thank you. I picked something to thank There's always something to thank him for. Praise God for the blue sky. Lord, thank you that uh, I lived another day to serve you. Lord, thank you that I've got a comfortable chair to sit in. You know, I, I just, you say, well, preacher, that's kind of ridiculous. No, well, God has given me those things. And sometimes he's just making a choice to change my perspective. And rather than looking at all the negative things around me, to choose to thank God and to praise God. And Thanksgiving is kind of a doorway to praise, you know, and once you begin to see what God has done. Lord, I thank you for your goodness. I praise you that you're faithful. Even though I don't understand the circumstance, I praise you, God, that you are always the same and that you love me and that though I don't see the way you do, I praise you for that. And so you, you make a choice to do You know what I found? As I made that choice, my heart followed along. Sometimes I didn't feel like being thankful, but when I made that choice, my heart followed. And as you do that in your life, it will change your perspective toward the things that you have in your life. Sometimes I've, I've gotten aside for an extended period of, of, of prayer because there's so much that, that is on my heart that I'm burdened with, so I'll pour out my heart to God. But those things are some things that will help you uh, to, to live this life of rejoicing. Uh, the scripture says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I think that's pretty emphatic. All the time, rejoice. When things are going well, rejoice. When things are going badly, rejoice. Uh, in, in all the circumstances of life, make it your choice to rejoice. God's given us a whole lot of things to rejoice about. He's revealed his truth to us. He uses us. Uh, he's, he remembers us. One day our, our, our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Choose to rejoice. Father, thank you so much for your word and for the fact that we can have joy in a world that um, a lot of times...